here's the snap four-man rush firing downfield and got a man rock and roll touchdown texans game day is every day yeah nice ball nice ball five nights a week the hits keep on coming there's a sack wow he's bringing down the cornerback now it's texans all access Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into this Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter for your Houston Texans, and we have got a jam-packed show for this Wednesday evening. We kick it off with General Manager Nick Casario. Now, there is a little bit of news So I'm going to hit that news right here before I tell you what else is on the show because we sort of need a little bit of explanation. We talked with Nick actually yesterday. So we didn't have an opportunity to bring this up with him and he wouldn't come on live with us Wednesday. So we would not have had anything on this particular transaction. But the Texans are trading running back Mark Ingram to the New Orleans Saints. Don't know what the um, don't know what the trade transaction is going to be. At least I haven't seen it. And while I'm on the show, I don't know whether I'm going to be able to get it. Just kind of going through social media. But Ian Rappaport, Tom Pelissaro of the NFL Network are reporting that the Texans are trading Mark Ingram back to the Saints, where Mark Ingram started his career. And I will say this. Uh, about the deuce, Mark Ingram. I know he was only here for, I don't know, seven, eight weeks, you know, seven ball games. I loved having him around. I, I really did. I really loved having Mark Ingram around. I wish him the best of luck. That will be a guy I cheer for every single day for the rest of his life. That guy was stand-up, professional, straight-up dude. Loved him. Now, he goes on to the New Orleans Saints, Nothing official from the Texans side of it. Keep that in mind. And of course, not being official. And also, you're not going to hear that in our conversation with Nick Casario because this move happened today. We talked with Nick yesterday. We're going to get to Nick in just a second. But we've also got Desmond King coming on the show. We've got J.B. Long, the voice of the Rams, also coming on the show this evening. Plus, we're going to go in the lab. Drew and I, it's a little bit of story time for sure uh, on that, on in the lab. Uh, especially from last week in Glendale. And then we'll hear from D.P. Sidhu as she goes behind any sidelines with Sabrina Morales of Valley Sports, who covers the Rams. So we're getting a lot of info this evening. But we will start with Nick Casario. We had a great time talking to Nick. Obviously, like I just said, no information about the move with Mark Ingram. Probably get official notification maybe later tonight, tomorrow. So we don't talk about that here. But... We did get a little story time from the boss himself, Nick Casario. Stick around for the end. He had a decision to make way back in the day. It's a tough one. I think he made the right one. Here's Nick Casario, myself, and Mark Vandermeer. I know the trade deadline's coming up. I want to get to this first. And we want to know everything that's going on, every call you're getting. No, just kidding about that. But what can you tell us about this time of year with this deadline coming up? Because it is significant. Yeah, generally speaking, as you get a little bit closer, most teams are going to have dialogue, you know, whether it's department to department, and you're just trying to get a lay of the land to see if there's players that 
may or may not be available, that teams might be looking to move on from, and whether or not there's a player that might be able to help your team, whether it's now or in the future, or player for player, or whatever the case might be. So some of it is information gathering. So again, we just try to have the conversations, you know, on a fairly, you know, sometimes it's a regular basis, sometimes it's not as often. So every team's kind of doing the same thing, kind of going through the same process. And then, you know, once we get to Tuesday, everyone will have an idea. And then after Tuesday, the one thing that's different relative to the transaction, let's say you release a player, everybody has to go through the waiver wise. So whether you're a vested player or even a younger player, if you release a player, move on from a player, it's not as if they're vested and they terminate now. You kind of just transition to a different mode here. So Stress inducing or sort of thrilling? Not necessarily. I think you just kind of take it in stride. It's part of the process. Then, you know, as you go through the arc of the year, there are different checkpoints and different okay you know finite periods of time okay this happens then this happens then. so you're prepared for it so you work through it so it's just part of the normal process just kind of a, another part of the player acquisition process building the roster kind of like the draft kind of like the build up to the draft obviously you know i get really excited about the draft it's kind of like that it's just hey it's just another piece of the process yeah nobody gets more excited about the draft than you do john so we'll have an analysis of 200 players by the time we get to march or april whatever it is so. yeah, i think he's right. got it already man. It's already he, there. he probably does it's already yeah. there but uh, this is a season in progress here, and it's an evaluation also because you have guys on this season who don't have the longest contracts in the world necessarily. It's football, so nobody's here forever. So how is that for you evaluating these players as you move forward? You're not getting the results you want in the one-loss column, but there are individual results you may be getting. The best way to approach this and the reality of it, every day is an evaluation. So regardless of where you are in your season, regardless of where you are in your schedule, regardless of what your record may or may not be, each day is an opportunity for a player or whomever for individual improvement and to try to get better at your individual job. So the evaluation is continuous. It's not as if, okay, during the season, you don't evaluate. We're evaluating everything that we're doing, whether it's schematically, whether it's scheme, you know, whether it's player uh, performance, whether it's personnel, whether it's a player role. We made some changes last week going into the game and the whole return situation. So each week you kind of look at where you are, not necessarily reactionary to what happened that particular game just the other day, but all right, what is going on over the course of how many games and weeks? Are there things that we can do better? Sure, absolutely. How do we do that? So each day is an opportunity for us to evaluate everything that we're doing. Once you get to the end of the season, you have a little bit more time maybe to do a deeper dive. So it's really on the surface initially. You look at some things and just try to make some modifications and corrections as you go. So that's kind of how we how we approach it or are approaching it. Specifically on the field, Nick, it feels like the defensive line, and we talked about this a little bit, but it feels like that group the other day, when it went on the field, I was kind of excited to see what they were going to do. I mean, it felt like, man, John Grenard's coming along. He's got six sacks. I know about sacks. It's not always the, the greatest measure, but it feels like the defensive line sort of come around. What have you seen with that group up front that kind of gives, you know, gives everybody some hope from what they're doing? Yeah, they've played well at times. They've created some disruptive plays, whether it's the players on the edge or whether it's the players on the inside. Even, you know, a simple play like Jacob had uh, Martin on the safety. Yeah. That's a pretty disciplined play for a defensive end against a quarterback who is difficult to handle. So zone read, take care of the, your responsibility. You know, Kyler pulled it, tried to get out to the edge, but Jacob was in a good position. So sometimes it's just a matter of executing your assignment as something yeah. as simple as opposed to just rushing a passer. Sometimes you get caught up in the sacks or the numbers or whatever else shows up on the sure. stat sheet. But that's a part of it. But 
those guys have taken advantage of the opportunities when they've been on the field. You've seen some individual improvement. You've seen some collective improvement. So I think going back to Mark's question, as you evaluate what has happened from where you were maybe in yep. training camp to the start of season to now, you're starting to see some progress and improvement. So the goal is for that to continue. And maybe there's another player that we're not talking about that could potentially go on the same type of arc. You've been dealing with injuries on the offensive line, Nick, and I know you're not running the ball the way you want to. You haven't given up that many sacks, which is interesting. When you look at some of the scores and situations you've been in, you think, well, maybe there have been a lot of sacks, and there really haven't. Can you evaluate the guys up front for us a little bit? Yes. I think just as a team, the reality is we've probably just been inconsistent with our overall performance. So it's not about one particular group. I'd say holistically as a team, that group, they've played hard. They've competed. They've done some good things. They've been pretty – good with their assignments you know we haven't been able to do some things just relative to moving the ball on a regular basis and it's really it's one play here one play there when you add them up at the end of the game if it's 10 or 15 plays well that's the result of you've been able to move the ball and have some success or kind of running into you know a little bit of an issue so those guys have played hard it was just kind of the same group that to a certain extent you know we had that Brit was dealing with his situation so you know McCray had a different role but you know then he went in the game after you know Max came out so you know we've essentially played five or six guys over the last few weeks so you know if there's an opportunity for us to improve it or something that we can do we'll have that conversation and, and, and go ahead and do it. I know it's early in the week Rams coming to town Matt Stafford guy that I know Mark and I and Andre have talked a lot about in Detroit moves to LA and it just feels like wow the, the world is his oyster seemingly I know you're not too far into prep, but what do you think about the LA Rams coming in here? Yeah, really good team. I'd say specific to that position, they felt that that was a way for them to upgrade their team. And I'd say Matthew's really playing at a high level. I think when you look at what Sean and Les have done, they're very aggressive on the team-building approach, so they're not afraid to make moves. So had Jared decided, you know what, they want to go a different direction, opportunity for them to have Matthew. But I, I think when you look at their team, Matthew certainly added a lot to their offense. Sean does a great job. I think his offense is, is very hard to stop. He marries the run in a pass game really, really well, not only with Stafford, but really at four really good receivers. Cup arguably is one of the best receivers yep. in the game that I, wouldn't, I don't want to say nobody talks about, but he kind of gets lost in the shuffle. But he's as good of a player that there is at that position. So between Cup and Woods, and then Jefferson's a third receiver, Jefferson to D-Jack, kind of third, fourth receiver. Higby's done a good job for them at tight end. They have a really steady, consistent offensive line. I mean, Whitworth, I don't know how many years he's played. It's like 500, but yeah. he's just out there every play, and he's pretty consistent. And they've done a good job between Henderson and Sony, giving them some carries. So they present a lot of problems offensively, um, and Matthew's done a really good job. I think he's taken to what Sean's doing. I'm not sure how much different it is or isn't than what he was doing in Detroit, but he's done a great job, and he's very skilled and very talented throw of the football, and you're starting to see that manifest itself a little bit, you know, offensively. Defensively, you know, arguably two of the best players at their position. seems like we're having this conversation every week. You know, this yeah. week it's AD, you know, yeah. Donald, and they put him everywhere. He's three technique, he's defensive end. Ramsey's a versatile player within their defense. I know they made a trade yesterday, Kenny Young, you know, to Denver, I believe. So that's going to give a, probably Ernest Jones, or who they draft in the third round, just an opportunity maybe to play a little bit more. But I think the one thing when you look at their defense, too, they were, I mean, the top-ranked team in the, defensively in about just every category last year with Staley. And then Raheem has come in. And I would say they're doing some similar things. Raheem has kind of added his twist. I think when you look at Raheem specifically, it's got a pretty unique background. He's been a head coach, mostly been on the defensive side of the ball, coordinator. And then when he was in Atlanta, he actually worked on the offensive side of the ball. And now he's back coaching defense. So 
I mean, that's a pretty diverse skill set, and, and he's done a good job. So when you look at how they're playing defensively, it's not that different from what they're doing last year. Um, but, you know, they've kind of added a couple twists that are, you know, a little bit different, specific to maybe what Raheem wants. Johnny always talks about seeing Aaron Donald at what was the Senior Bowl Some when you first, bowl. yeah, and and how he's not the biggest guy in the world considering the way he plays and what he does. What about that part of evaluating players? Well, this guy might not fit into the prototype of X, like Kyler Murray, a quarterback, for instance, but they can play. So you got to balance out the ability, the tape you see from the college stuff uh, and the measurables. Mark, it's a great question. It really is philosophically. What are your beliefs? Are you really emboldened to height, weight, speed, and if a guy doesn't fall specifically in that realm, then you're going to move on from him. But like we talked about last week, whether it was Kyler or Buda Baker, mm-hmm. not the biggest. They kind of don't fit the prototypical size, if you will, but they're really good football players. Aaron Donald, he's six foot, 300 and however many, 10 pounds, but they don't make athletes like Aaron Donald. So it doesn't matter like how big he is. The one th- He's very explosive. He has a lot of inline power, and I think he ran, I don't know, 4'7", four, 4'8". So a guy that's 310 pounds that runs 4'8", it's just a measure of his explosiveness and his power and his quickness. He has very violent hands, so he's able to compensate for his size because I would say of his explosiveness, his strength, and his violent hands, and he plays, he plays his ass off. So when you put that combination together with a very skilled player that plays hard in every play, that's why he's the best defensive player, arguably, you know, the top one or two defensive right. players in the entire league. Now, the other side of that is Jalen Ramsey, who came into the league with every single asset you'd want in a defensive back. I say defensive back because the Jags started him at corner. He played safety at Florida State. But now it feels like the Rams are sort of kind of moving him around. They're using him like the, the chess piece that he is. So you've got one chess piece up front you got to try and figure out. But then how much more dip, uh, difficult does it become? Because Ramsey becomes a chess piece that they're moving around as well. It's a great question. You just have to look at their composition defensively and their structure. So maybe certain plays or certain calls or certain defenses, they're going to want Jalen here. Or maybe each one week it's matchup specific, matchup base. He's going to go to said receiver. So the ability to play perimeter corner and be able to play slot corner, that's not always the easiest thing to do. So it takes a pretty instinctive player, a pretty a player that's got really good awareness, that has good football intelligence. With, In addition to his physical attributes and skills, Jalen possesses those qualities. So since they acquired him, he's done a nice job. They've had some good corners here over the last however many years. So they traded for Jalen. They had Troy Hill, you know, who wasn't drafted. However they acquired him, I can't remember exactly. So he left. Darius Williams, who wasn't drafted, who started his career in Baltimore, He's grown as a player and become a pretty good corner. So they've done a great job of acquiring players along the way at different different ways, and it speaks to, I would say, less and, and Sean, what they're doing from a team-building philosophy. So they've invested a lot in the front in terms of, let's say, high draft picks. So whether it's Donald, um, invested in Floyd and free agency, traded for Jalen, gave up a boatload of draft picks, but then they also have players like Troy Hill, Troy Reeder, uh, you know, Darius Williams, who I would say weren't drafted or lower draft picks. So in terms of how they put the team together, they've done a pretty good job. Nick, Tyrod returns to practice this week, and you have Davis playing all these games. How do you balance? Well, we want to see some of Davis. Tyrod might be eligible to come back or available to come back soon enough. How do you balance all that out with them and other players who might be in a similar situation? Yeah, it's a good question. You want to look at what they're able to actually handle in practice and then what the plan's going to be you know, moving forward. So Tyrod looks like he's ready to practice, so he kind of start his sort of return-to-play protocol and process a little bit. And then as it 
as we look ahead to the game a little bit, how we're going to play the game or who's going to play in a game will probably have some bearing on how those reps are allocated. So you can't get reps for everybody. You have to get the players that are going to play enough reps. So we're going to talk about that as a staff and just try to make a good decision about what makes the most sense for us. As you were discussing the players on that team, I mean, you ripped through them, and I'm, I'm, I'm following you all the way along, and you mentioned Darius Williams. Like, yeah, you started in Baltimore. And it's, it struck me about the recall, and we used to ask Bill O'Brien about this. We asked him, what made Tom Brady great? He said, it wasn't anything physical. It was his recall. He could remember a game back in 2006 that he could then bring forward 10 years later and say, hey, I remember they did this, and now they're doing this. How does your recall of players, of just the acquisition process of where they've been, how does that kind of help you as you move forward, hey, that guy Darius Williams used to be in Baltimore, used to be this kind of guy, now he's with the Rams. And hey, I've kind of, How does recall help you in your position, Nick? Yeah, it's a great question. It's an investment of time and energy and just understanding players. And you start with your college evaluations. So there's a lot of time that goes into the evaluation of the player. You know, we write up a number of players. So whether it was here in New England, whether it was New England or here in Houston, we write up a number of players. So that information goes into our database. I'll personally write up, I mean, I don't know, a, a fair amount of players yeah. and try to have a database and keep that catalog from, okay, the draft, and then when they come into league. So each team that we play on a weekly basis, I go through my evaluation process of essentially evaluating the team, understanding their team-building philosophy. How did that player arrive at the team? Where did he come from? What's his contract status? Is he going to be a free agent? They claim this guy off of waivers. So you're, you're trying to get an overall understanding of the team that you're playing. So it starts with the head coach. It starts with ownership. And it starts with the head coach, his philosophy. And then their staff construction is reflective of maybe how they want to play. And then the players as a result. So if you have players, you know, coordinator was with this player. Uh, we saw this in Buffalo, just going back to Buffalo. So when Sean and, and Brandon took over, you saw there was a number of players that had Sean had background with in Carolina. So – why is that? It's, well, you have a familiarity with the player. You have an understanding of the player. So you have an idea of how that player might be able to assimilate into your system. So I think what we all do, regardless of our experience, when you're with a team, when you're with a player, when you're around them on a day-to-day -day basis, you see some things. And then if you leave that building and go somewhere else, it's not, well, we're just trying to bring as many players from this place with us. We're saying It's very purposeful in saying, okay, he understands some of the things that we're doing. He right. has a lot of the attributes and qualities that we think are important. So that's why we think it's important for that player to come onto our team. But I think I would say personally, on a personal level, I really enjoy that part of the process, just being able to understand players because you never know when someone is going to be available and when that opportunity is going to come. So you want, you want to have as much knowledge and experience as possible and overlay that and have a discussion with your, somebody on your staff. But you have to invest the time and energy to understand the players and not rely on just somebody else. Along those lines, when you're going through and you're looking at your player, whether it's in college or it's a player in the NFL, how often do you look at a guy and go, okay, man, I see Troy Brown or I see some other guy that I've been around that you, know, you recall from the days you were with them. And that's what I see in that particular player. How often does that kind of come into play for you, Nick? It's a great question. You have to be careful of just extrapolating said player is he's like so-and-so. Right. right. So you have to be careful about that. What you try to do is look at said player and say, here are strong points, here are weak points. Here's what we think his role is going to be for our team. Right. Okay, we're going to use him as a nickel corner, and here are the reasons why. Then when you look at the actual skill set, you might say this player has some similarities to Joe Smith or right. said, you know, right. said player. 
It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be the same player, sure. but you see some of the qualities and some of the attributes that are applicable to that player. So you have to be careful of saying, this guy's just like so-and-so. He might be, but then it's unfair to make comparisons to a player maybe that has 10 years of experience versus a player who's going to be a rookie. But you're really looking at it from a physical trait characteristic standpoint, whether it's their playing strength, whether it's their size, whether it's their um, – you know, their ball skills, whether it's their body balance, whether it's ability to break tackles and be good with the ball. So that's where you're using kind of your library of players as a reference point to be able to make some comparison. Um, just while we're talking about the draft a little bit, we talked a little bit about this, you know, last week and we might get asked about it. But every Monday we have uh, people in our department that will send me a file of players. Okay, here are the schools I was at last week. Here are the players. So they have the player. A little write-up of the player, strong points, weak points, bottom line or vision, and a comparison and a grade. Okay, so then that's kind of, uh, all right, that's good information. Then I'll put that into my kind of centralized database. And as I'm watching the player, okay, what did, what did uh, you know, what did Lip think? Okay, what did Zeke think? What did John think? Okay, here's what I see. So then when you have those discussions in January, February, March, whenever, you're basing it off of, uh, you know, you, at least you have some knowledge and understanding of, of, of the player. Now, do you share your notes with them? After the weekend, <laughs> I just want to know because reportedly, allegedly, you do go to some of these games. Uh, we'll have discussions. Okay. So, you know, it might be a discussion. You know what? I see what you saw. Or, you know what? I see maybe something a little bit different. Let's have a little bit more deeper dive on this. Let's have – and that's, I would say, when we have our meetings, those will be some of the discussions. What you have to be careful of is – you're respectful of the work that everybody's doing because that's why you invest the time and the right. resources and they have a voice and we want them to have an opinion and we respect their opinion. And then I'll have a hopefully an informed opinion. Then we can have a dialogue and discussion and then we can arrive at an end point. And in the end there, we could agree to disagree, but ultimately whatever decision we make collectively as an organization, that's the one we're going to go forward. With. All right. I have, I have a question related to that sort of uh, college atmospheres that you find really excellent when you're in some of these buildings you've been to a lot of them other than maybe john carroll home games <laughs> let's put that aside for the moment five thousand people <laughs> yeah so that's a pretty good crowd though for d3 that's not bad yeah. but uh tell us uh, some of the favorites that you yeah, have just tell us brown university right off the bat yeah. would be good <laughs> yeah i would say uh going back um i forget what year it was georgia lsu i think this was the year they had beckham jeremy hill landry mettenberger was a the quarterback they played at georgia like in october like, that was a pretty cool environment. You know, the environment at A&M a couple of weeks ago when they played Alabama. Yeah. I would say uh, it was a, th a Thursday night game. Uh, Oregon, when I was a young, young kid, I forget exactly who they played. But Outson Stadium is, I mean, it's louder than you think it is. You yeah. know, it's not like 115,000 people. But the way that the noise reverberates off them, I mean, it was just a really cool atmosphere. So, um, I would say, you know, look, there's a lot of good atmospheres yeah. in college football. I mean, those are a couple just going back through the years, I would say, that, that stand out to some degree. Excellent. Actually, I have another story. You guys are probably like this. Okay, so come on, come on. Thursday night, uh, Stanford, Oregon. Uh, I think this was the year Mariota came out. Yeah. So they played Thursday night. Um, I was trying to get back to Boston that night. There was like a red-eye, 11 o'clock flight or something like that. So when you park at Stanford, there's a parking lot, and everything is pretty tightly yep. compressed. So you park on the grass, you walk over. So left the game. I knew I had to catch a flight. I think I was driving to San Francisco. And I go to my car, and my car is boxed <laughs> in. Like Ooh. I literally can't get out. And there's a sliver of space, and I had to make an executive decision and say, <laughs> all right, 
do I just try to gun it and hope I make it through mm -hmm. without any damage or like I'm going to miss my flight? So I made a decision, all right, I'm going to try to sneak through. I did pretty significant amount of damage to the car, <laughs> so I had to pay a fine. But when you, when you don't want to miss a flight, you want to make sure that you get home. So I'm Did you sure. leave a note? <laughs> no, they, they left me a note when they sent me the letter for the damage so to the car. So as you're going so. through there and you're just hearing this like, oh. I mean, Didn't quite make it. It was a pretty bad feeling. <laughs> oh, my God. But those are, I would say, the trials and tribulations of scouting. Yeah. Absolutely. Got to get that red At eye. that point, that bill comes in and you're like, uh Coach, I'm sorry, but uh, I had to make my flight. I had to get back here. You want to get home. And we can't even draft Mariota, so there's that. <laughs> okay. Nick, thanks a lot for joining us. Good luck. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Man, what a dilemma. What are you going to do? Are you going to go through? I mean, he made the right choice. He made the right choice. I don't know how many people make that choice. I know this. I'm probably driving through as well just because I want to get home. Are you kidding me? Thursday night game on the West Coast. I got to get all the way back to the East Coast. I'm missing that flight, man. I am not missing that flight. That was great stuff with Nick Casario. Now, one of the guys that Nick signed this offseason is Desmond King. Had a great game, I thought, returning yesterday, or on Sunday, excuse me, against the Arizona Cardinals. He is a really fun guy to talk to. Good chance to catch up with Desmond King next right here on Texans All Access. Texans TV takes over Saturday nights. Catch Extra Points, followed by Texans 360, Saturday night at 10.30 or after the late local news. Teachers and parents, are you looking for an educational resource to keep your students engaged? The Houston Texans Toro and ConocoPhillips have partnered together to provide Toro's Math Drills. Toro's Math Drills is a free video series that will challenge your students to math topics like fractions, multiplication, division, and place value. All while having fun. Sign up today for free at HoustonTexans.com on the Kids School Program page and run your students through Toro's Math Drills, presented by ConocoPhillips. Go Texans! You know what having fun your way is really like? It's never-ending options and rewards at over 50 destinations nationwide. It's Caesars Rewards. Dine at Hell's Kitchen at Caesars Palace, Las Vegas. Party the night away at Harris, New Orleans. Or bet big on table games at Horseshoe, Bossier City. With Caesars Rewards, you earn benefits for every way you play. Book your trip at Caesars.com and sign up for Caesars Rewards today. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. What do you call a group of friends who spend every Sunday huddled around the TV for hours, wearing horns on their heads and blue and red paint on their faces, jumping with a Miller Lite in one hand and a hot barbecue short rib in the other, while proudly chanting... We are Texans. You call it Miller time in Houston. Here's to the Texans. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. With a playbook full of available premium features and more 2021 IIHS top safety awards than Honda or Nissan brands today. Oh, baby, another score. Hyundai is driving victory. Get 0.9% APR for 60 months on the Sonata with new inventory arriving daily. See your local Hyundai dealer, the official car of the Houston Texans. For well-qualified buyers only, offers end 11-121. Call 469-613-0227 for more details. Kroger knows this year the holidays are doubly important, so make your celebrations doubly special with fresh, never-frozen prime-grade beef and simple truth organic Brussels sprouts. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Double special this void where prohibited certain restrictions. Wait, stop illegal. We've got even more special holiday food. It's like delicious king crab legs, private selection gourmet potatoes, our cave-aged Murray's cheese, and fresh baked La Brea bread. <sighs> Kroger, fresh for everyone. All right, legal. You're up. Double special this void where prohibited certain restrictions may apply. Shop for spinning stores for more details. More Texans Radio is on the way. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Texas Children's Hospital is proud to be the official children's hospital of the Houston Texans and local sponsor of Play 60. Getting kids moving for just 60 minutes a day can improve bone health, fitness, brain function, attention, and academic performance. Join us in our commitment to the Houston Texans and Play 60 because at Texas Children's Hospital, everything we do is to ensure your family's future is a healthier one. What does it mean to be the energy behind the Houston Texans? At Reliant, it means powering NRG Stadium and homes of Texans fans across our hometown and helping out when needed most. As an electricity provider, it's our commitment to every customer and their family, and it's as strong as our Texas roots. It's our promise today and for generations to come. Reliant, proud to be the official energy provider of the Houston Texans. PUCT number 10007. Can you feel it? Hear it. It's all around you. It's the air we share. At Daikin, the world's number one air conditioning company, we're pioneering technologies to perfect and protect the air that connects us all. Even now, we're working towards reducing our carbon emissions to net zero by 2050, while developing new ways to make the air indoors perfect. Daikin is a proud sponsor of the Houston Texans, and we're hiring. Visit DaikinLovesHouston.com. The NFL trade deadline is next Tuesday, and the Texans have assets they could deal. I think the first person they should trade would be Zach Cunningham. How active will Houston be? Because they're bad, I would get what I could get. We'll give you the latest as it happens. Insider access, exclusive content. Sports Radio 610. The Texans play here. Play here. Play. You're listening to Texans All Access. For the latest stories and videos on your Houston Texans, check out HoustonTexans.com. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of Texans All Access. From the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio, I am your host, John Harris. And I know there are a lot of teachers out there. I know there are a bunch of them. So I'm, I'm talking to you guys right now. I mean, anybody, really. But teachers are the ones that really need to hear this. If you want to bring a little Texas football to your classroom, I need you to sign up for Toro's Materials, presented by ConocoPhillips. Toro's Materials is a video series designed to help third and fourth graders learn how to tackle math in the classroom. Go to HoustonTexans.com slash Toro's Materials to learn more. Now, here's the thing. You don't need to just do third and fourth grade math. You can get some ideas that you can then put in your geometry class or your Algebra 2 class. Or, if you get really creative, and you're smart, then you can do it in your calculus class that you teach. I taught that 
many, many years ago. Golly, that's a long time ago. Teaching calculus. I don't even I think I probably could do calculus. I know that the derivative of x squared is two x, but that's that's an easy one. So either way, Conoco, Phillips, Toros, Matros, Houston, Texans dot com. Desmond King. All right, sorry, I just kind of got in a little pattern there. But how about a little uh time with Desmond King? Good old two five. And this number choice came up. Not so much the number that he chose to become a Texan, but I asked him during this interview that Mark and I did with him, why number 14 at Iowa? I was a little surprised by his answer only because to know this information, you have to be a big fan of college football. A big, huge fan. And I've always gotten that vibe from Desmond King. We had a great time talking to Desmond King. Here he is. Mark, John, Desmond. Let's roll. Joining us right now on Texans Radio, it's Desmond King. And Desmond, it's good to see you back returning kicks yesterday, returning punts. How did it feel to be back in that dimension of the game? Um, it felt good just to uh, be back there, get my feet wet a little bit, um, get the ball in my hands, and, you know, do what I do best. Desmond, when it's a tough stretch, what's the biggest key? Let's just talk defense, obviously, but from a team perspective, too, what's the biggest key when the stretch gets tough like this for for getting out of it? Um, I'm trying to think of times where you've spent. I mean, I know you had a, a lot of success at Iowa. And, mm-hmm. You know, there were some, I think with the Chargers maybe some, some bumps, but I don't know if this is maybe the toughest one, but what's kind of the key to kind of get out of it? Um, really, really is just not to get distracted, you know, not let the outside noise kind of take you out of your place, take you out of your – your motion, um, and just knowing what our goal is as a team and as just moving forward, you know. And any chance we can get, you know, kind of put that behind us, learn from it, and just move on and correct it, you know. I mean, that's the only option we have yep. right now is to, to correct our mistakes and move on and try to make the next week better. So um, as we approach this week, you know, we're just going to watch this film, kind of, you know, see what we did wrong, see what we can do better, use that, and go into the next week, you know, ready to go. Against the Cardinals, it was clear you were getting some stops early. Defense scored with the safety, getting some pressure on Murray and, and holding up on the back end. What was it like to get off to a good start like that? What were some of the things you were doing? Um, I, I just feel like, you know, that first quarter, you know, we had we had a little, some energy. We had some, some energy going, you know, that first quarter. Um, and just, you know, trying to create a, a spark, you know, for our team. And uh, I think that's what our goal was, you know, going into that game is create a spark, you know, for the offense, get, get off on a good start. And just uh, try to try to make the game interesting, you know what I'm saying? So we knew we was coming in, you know, to a, a great team, an undefeated team, a team that's, you know, perfectly sound, you know, guys that's really going to make a mistake. So we tried to, you know, find out that weakness in them and, and try to take that and use it. You've played inside, you've played outside. I've had this conversation with people many times before. They talk about offensive line. Well, guard, tackle, it's the same thing. There's like three feet of difference. Inside, outside, corner. There's a massive difference, maybe. What is the difference of playing inside and outside? Is it as big a difference as we think it is, that playing in the slot is much different than playing on the outside? Um, playing in the slot, it's a lot more physical than playing outside because um, your, your responsibility is a run, absolutely. And uh, you got to take on, like you said, you got to take on linemen. You got run gaps, you know, stuff like that. And it's a lot of stuff that you need to know being an inside, you know, uh, defender. So that's I, I think that's the, probably the biggest difference between playing inside and outside. 
All right, so what's more satisfying, excellent punt return or a great pick and a good return? No touchdown either way, but you get a great punt return or a pick and a return. I mean, they, they're both helping the team. They're both putting the offense in a right. better position, you know. So, I mean, either one is mm-hmm. pretty much the same thing. You know, you get a great return, you put in the offense in a good field position. You get an interception, you create a spark, and you put in the offense in a great position. So, I mean, I can't really choose which one because they both do the same. When you're returning a punt, it, is it just about instinct at that point sometimes? Because, I mean, you ran for a lot of yards yeah. as a running back in high school, right? Like 2,300 yeah. yards or something as a senior. Mm-hmm. So when you're returning a punt, is it just, okay, I'm back to just playing football. I'm just trying to get free. I know you want to set up around your blocks, but sometimes it's just pure instinct. How does that go? Um, when, when, when I'm back there, it's, you know, first off, you know, you got to secure the ball. You got to catch the ball. And then from there, you just kind of see, see you, you scan the field and see where you can go. So uh-huh. when I first catch the ball, I always scan to see, like, who's coming first, who can I make miss, you know, try to pick out a weakness of the the um, the covers team. And that and then I go from there. Um, a lot of times it's like a setup return. So you always want to do a responsibility. And then from there, you can see what you can get. When did you know you could do that? Because that, that takes a little. I, I've been doing it my whole life. When did you feel like, I mean, totally comfortable at any point in returning high school, college, pro, did you ever feel like, okay, man, I don't know about this? Um, Or did you always feel that confident that you're just, give me the ball, I'm going to do something I would probably say in college, I think that's when I felt most confident and like, all right, I can actually do this. You know, this is something that I could probably take to the next level. When do you scan the field? Like, Ball's up in the air. Oh yeah. Do you well, ever look? Do you ever look down yeah. the scan, or you, yeah. you eyes yeah. always on the ball? Yeah. Once the ball is kicked, I get to see like where I try to find out where the flight of the ball is going. Then I start going that direction, and then once I move and I look to see, you know, what's coming towards me, like who's coming down first, who's f- fastest coming downfield, stuff like that. You seem <clears throat> fearless. Now I know you're from the D, so I know you're fearless. <laughs> so I shouldn't say seem. You are fearless. But has there ever been a return where you you just got smoked? You just didn't see a guy and you got smoked, and you're like, "Whoa!" Uh, no, I don't think I don't <laughs> think I ever got hit like with with somebody like right in my face. No. Well, they got to be careful too, yeah. right? Because yeah. they're they're flying. They yeah, they don't know if I'm a fair catcher or yeah. not. So some people come flying in. Some people are really cautious. It's got to be a tough decision. Yeah. I got hit so hard one time, I went I went blind in one eye for about 10 minutes. <laughs> and I was the half-field safety, and it was the inside. I couldn't see out of my right eye because I didn't see guys coming down, and they just they blasted. This explains so a I lot. Asked it. it does explain. It does explain a lot, yeah. though, actually. Uh, in practice, when you're going up against scout team, right, just trying to get good on defense here, get ready for the game, do you sometimes advise them, give me this look, I, I want to see a little bit more of that, yeah. I want to cover this kind of pattern because this is something I think they're going to be doing? How do you approach that? Yeah, um, we got some guys that's on the scout team that give us a really great look, um, even like the receivers. Like we know what kind of matchups we're going to go against in the receiving quarter and like each team. So we kind of tell them like, you know, uh, if you if you know like what this kind of receiver does, like can you like show me what like, mm-hmm. like a release or like how you get out of his routes and – how he catch the ball, like, do he keep the ball out or do he tuck it once he catch it? Like, stuff like that. We kind of, like, go over stuff like that with them, and they kind of pick it up sometimes, too. You've been in the AFC for, <clears throat> I think, throughout your entire Omaha career. career yeah. Now you see an NFC team, and it's an NFC team that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's Matt Stafford and then the receivers. It's Cooper Cup. It's uh, Robert, Robert Woods, Woods, Deshaun Jackson. Mm-hmm. I mean, guys that, you know, a lot of people have on fantasy teams. I know you probably haven't gone too much into the film yet of the Rams, but just 
hearing those names, what's kind of the key and how different is it facing that group than it maybe is facing Hop? Because it felt like you were like Hop was on your side a lot uh, throughout the game. What's the difference in facing those groups of receivers and a guy like Hop and some of the receivers you saw yesterday? Knowing that, you know, these guys that we got come in, they're going to move them around. You're going to see Robert Woods in the backfield. You're going to see Cup doing jet motions, Woods doing jet motions, Deshaun doing deep routes. Like, we know that this is a high-motor offense. Yeah. And we just got to be prepared for what's coming in here. Desmond King joining us. A couple more for you. I know you grew up in the Detroit area. Did you grow up as a Lions fan? Yes, I did. All right, sadly. so what happens to your <laughs> fandom when you become a player in the league? Because, you you know, in all likelihood, you're not going to end up playing for your hometown team. So do you still not uh, necessarily pull for them but care if they win or lose? Because nah, you probably have friends or family members nah, who are still rooting for them. No, nah, no. Nah. it was That's long gone back when I okay. was little. So Megatron, Calvin Johnson's gone, Barry Sanders gone. I'm good. There's nothing else for me to cheer for over there. Growing up, <laughs> growing up, was it? Like Megatron's your dude, like yeah, that's no, your guy. Well, Barry Sanders was mine. Yeah. Like that's was my early number. Yeah. I wore twenty that's all right, of my did. career till I went to college. Um, I played running back, so like that was that was the thing. Like I was Barry Sanders, like all the way. Was there any chance of you playing running back uh, further and deeper into your uh, career? Yeah, you actually, went to Iowa. I had an option to play running back in college. I I just didn't accept that scholarship to go play running back. I okay. Ended up, playing db so that was, was that a tough decision for you uh yeah it was um okay. because i was i mean i always wanted the ball so i know running back if you're going to get the ball regardless and i was just like all right i gotta find another way for me to get the ball and then that's why i said once i got to college returner became an option mm-hmm. so i made that you know further so you were 20 for barry sanders why'd you wear 14 uh i was 14 for those um who don't know. so uh, once I first got there, um, I actually had 20. I was a freshman, and the person that had number 20 was Christian Kirksey. Oh, yeah. Oh, so he right. had 20. <laughs> so that's why I never got 20. So uh, <laughs> my D coordinator ended up giving me the number 14. Yeah. And I just kind of took that and, you know, ran with it. Oh, Coming good. from Detroit. And Tyran was number 14, I think, like his first year. His freshman year at LSU. At LSU. Yeah, and Tyran was 14. That's why my Instagram name is – black badger because he was the honey badger wow yeah ah. so that was so you were that's right you were a little bit after yeah tyran because mm-hmm. he went to seven his so i was year. i was watching tyran once yeah. i became in college and i was like all right that's interesting because you kind of yeah he i kind of i kind of play a lot a the same similar, yeah very much so we've seen a lot of guys i've seen a lot of guys come into the league from detroit hmm What's the common thread amongst the guys that come from Detroit? Um, just guys that's going to work hard, you know what I mean? Like, making it out of the city of Detroit is already hard enough, you know yep. what I mean? And so once we get that opportunity, you know, to, 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 to feed our family, help our family, and go out, make it to the NFL, graduate, you know, that that's is big for us. And we take pride in that. So once we get this opportunity to come here and play in the NFL, we all take pride in it. Once we see each other out there on the field, we make sure we speak. Switch jerseys, if not, um, everybody just stay in contact. You know, we got a lot of, like you said, it's a lot of guys that that made it out of the city of Detroit that's in the NFL now, and um, it's just good to see them guys there. And Tab was one of your guys, man. Mm-hmm. You and Tab were, were tight growing up, no? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, 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 like, there's a couple more guys that we played with. Me and Tavier, we got Malik McDowell, yep. um, D-Taco from Cleveland, yep. Jordan Lewis from Dallas. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Uh, so, like, all of us actually played together on the same team when we were little. That is wild. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, Desmond, for the time. We appreciate no problem, it. Good man. luck this week. Thank you. When he started talking about Tyron Matthew wearing number 14, I was like, yeah, that's right. Freshman year, he wore number 14. A lot of people remember seeing the highlights, him wearing number seven. But to me, he was number 14. That's when he stood out as a freshman. He was all over the place. And I remember as soon as Desmond started saying that, he's like, yeah, that's right. His Twitter handle is Black Badger. That's right. And they do play a lot, a lot alike. Built differently, but similar football IQs that are just off the charts. I mean, you talk about smart dudes, man, smart football players, incredible guys, and that's uh, Desmond King and, of course, uh, Tyron Matthew. We only got one year with Tyron, but, man, it was such a joy to be able to watch him play and be around him and see how he played the game. Uh, He will go down as one of the best. Uh, There's no question about that. And Desmond King is making an impact for this team, no doubt. All right, we get back. We're going to go around the league and – Of course, touch on the move the Texans made today, trading Mark Ingram to the New Orleans Saints. That's next right here on Texans All Access. Don't miss a single thing on your favorite team. Follow us on Twitter at Houston Texans. This is Texans Radio. Hi, I'm Sandy Johnson, the CEO of Barrios Technology and one of the original founders of the company. Our first contract was to support the space shuttle program, and we're just now getting into the commercial space industry as well. We started our relationship with Amogee Bank 10 years ago. They have dug in and gotten to understand our business. I trust them, they trust us, and they're confident in us and our ability to grow the business. That's my family, my business, and my bank. Amogee Bank, Zions Bank Corporation, and a member FDIC, official business bank of the Houston Texans. As a leading global resources company, BHP helps provide the energy fueling economic growth. Here in Houston, this effort is coupled with a commitment to the community. Each year, we donate millions of dollars and thousands of volunteer hours to programs that promote childhood literacy, improve health and well-being, and enhance the quality of life for all Houstonians. The Texans supply the energy on the field. BHP helps supply the energy everywhere else. your preferred hospital could also be your primary care provider. At Houston Methodist, we go beyond hospital care, offering you everything from flu shots to well woman exams to managing your weight and cholesterol. And our primary care doctors and specialists are connected all across the city. So whatever the need, wherever you live, we can be there for you. Visit HoustonMethodist.org to find the care you need at locations throughout Houston. Houston Methodist, leading medicine. Hey, Houston, Keith here from Papa John's, and guess what? It's that time of year again. It's football season! You know what? Papa John's, we're a proud partner of the Houston Texans, and now this year we have a great deal just for you in celebration. It's called the Big Texans Pizza, and I mean, it's big. It's an extra-large, two-topping pizza for only 12 bucks. That's right, an extra-large, two-topping pizza for only 12 bucks. It's a Big Texans Pizza. Celebrate football season with us, the Texans, and Papa John's. Better greens, better football, Papa John's Pizza. The NFL trade deadline is next Tuesday, and the Texans have assets they could deal. I think the first person they should trade would be Zach Cunningham. How active will Houston be? Because they're bad, I would get what I could get. We'll give you the latest as it happens. Insider Access. Exclusive content. Sports Radio 610. The Texans play here. He's in. Touchdown, Houston. This is Texans Radio. 
Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Crafted to be savored responsibly. From fresh, delicious seafood to a day boating or fishing with family, Galveston Bay has something for everyone. The Galveston Bay Foundation works hard to preserve and enhance the health and productivity of the bay so that our Houston community can enjoy activities like these for years to come. As a company who shares these values of community and preservation, TransOcean is proud to partner with and support the Galveston Bay Foundation in their efforts. Get to know the organization and learn what part you can play at galvbay.org. Super Bowl 56 is heading to SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. And On Location can make your whole weekend unforgettable. Forgettable. With On Location, you can enjoy pre-game parties. Choose from an incredible selection of game time seats. And get unmatched access throughout it all. On Location is the official hospitality partner of the NFL. And the only way to experience the ultimate Super Bowl. Visit NFLOnLocation.com slash Super Bowl for more information. That's NFLOnLocation.com slash Super Bowl. In America, the future belongs to everyone. So we built the trucks of the future for everyone. Ford F-Series, America's best-selling trucks for 44 years straight. Built for performance and capability on and off-road. Because the trucks of the future aren't built for a few. They're built for America. Ford F-Series, drive one today. Based on 1977 to 2020 calendar year total sales. Honor the brave men and women who serve our country by registering for the Houston Texans Running of the Bulls 5K Run Walk presented by HEB. Included with your registration, you'll get race day swag, cross the finish line on the field of NRG Stadium, enjoy a post-race party with free pizza and beer, plus so much more. All proceeds from your registration will benefit the USO Houston and Houston Texans Foundation. Register at HoustonTexans.com slash run. Slash run. Slash run. What are the experts predicting about this week's big game? Extra points Saturday nights at 1030 or after the late local news on ABC 13. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, Sean Harris. Glad to be with you this evening. A lot going on in our Texans world. But before we get to that, Word from our friends at Mattress Firm, the official mattress retailer of your Houston Texans. This season, Mattress Firm is giving away two tickets, custom jerseys, Tarasco's club passes, and parking to two lucky fans each week. Visit HoustonTexans.com slash DreamBigExperience to enter to win. That's HoustonTexans.com slash DreamBigExperience from our friends at Mattress Firm. Let's go around the NFL. and Well, you know what? We're going to... Stay here in Houston for the most part. If you missed the news earlier today, the Texans have traded Mark Ingram running back to the New Orleans Saints. Now, we don't have any idea of what's coming back. At least I haven't seen it. Um, And we'll eventually find out what that is. Mark Ingram signed a one-year deal. For $3 million, so it was not an excessive deal. It was a one-year deal. Mark's 31. 
and uh, he will be missed. He was, as I said earlier, he was one of the guys that we just loved having around uh, on radio with us. He was outstanding, absolutely outstanding, and we're going to miss him, even though he was here just a short amount of time. Now, I don't know, like I said, what the the other side of this deal is, but Tom Pelissero, I think, tweeted at some point picks, plural, like draft picks. So there's one thing to keep in mind with the NFL. Now, I think in the NBA, now I, I can't speak to it because uh, I, re- I don't remember much about you know the NBA as it pertains to those sort of things, this sort of thing, but you can't in the NFL buy draft picks. You can't just go, hey, we'll, you know, we'll buy this pick from you for $5 million. And I think you can do that in the NBA. I think you can do that in the NBA. I don't think, uh, I, I don't know for a fact. You can't do it in the NFL. But if you have an asset like Mark Ingram and you trade him to get picks back, look, I don't think anybody in their right mind doesn't understand what the Texans are facing with everything that they have, players, you know, how, how the, the player acquisition process went this past offseason with a lot of veterans coming in and with the, the upheaval, if you will, with Deshaun Watson, what's going to be uh, the, the – I mean, there's been so much trade talk, but we don't know what the return will be. But I got a feeling that at some point to be able to get this thing turned around, you're going to need a nucleus of young players ready to roll, and you're going to have to have a plethora of them. That's a good word, plethora. You're going to have to have a plethora of them and having as many picks as humanly possible to kind of sit through because you're not going to hit 100% on those picks. You won't. But look, if you hit... 40 to 45 percent of those picks think about it like three-point shooting if you hit 30 to or you hit 40 to 45 percent of your three-pointers you're pretty good if you were to hit 40 to 45 percent of your draft picks and you've got multiple years of a bunch of draft picks well you can get this thing uh turned around in in a hurry the two teams that are number one seeds right now two teams yeah the arizona cardinals in the NFC, and you got the Cincinnati Bengals over in the AFC. The Cardinals drafted first overall for, before the 2019 season. The Bengals drafted first overall in the 2020 season. They're number one seed. So you can get this thing turned around. You added some picks from this deal. I know it stings a lot of people today, but it is what it is. It's business of football intersecting, unfortunately, with somebody that we really grew to respect and love here, Mark Ingram. Wish him the best back in New Orleans. All right, we're going to go men behind the mics next to kick off our second hour as we learn a little bit more about the L.A. Rams with J.B. Long, the voice of the Rams with the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer. That's next right here on Texans All Access. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. The annual winner of the Houston Texans Star of Courage Award presented by Apache is Houston firefighter EMT Christina Calderon. This summer, she remained calm during an ambulance hijack and was able to alert HPD dispatchers to her location, enabling officers to bring the situation to a close without further incident. For her incredible bravery, EMT Calderon received the annual Star of Courage Award and a $10,000 donation in her name to the 100 Club of Houston. Thank you for your incredible service, EMT Calderon. Your jobs are big and time is short. 
but Brookside Equipment has everything John Deere that makes your work quick and easy. Whether you're mowing grass, working in the dirt, or just enjoying the great outdoors, Brookside has a John Deere mower, tractor, or gator vehicle that's right for you. And Brookside is always at your side, keeping your equipment on the job. Nine Texas Gulf Coast locations. BrooksideUSA.com. Brookside Equipment is a proud sponsor of the Houston Texans. And we're back with breaking news. The new Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. With an improved taste and zero calories, the new Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan. So make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. The world's never seen anything like this. But this is Texas, and whenever something seems impossible, that's when Texans start doing impossible things. We've seen it already, through your heart and grit and courage. So let's play smart and stay united, and we'll show the world what's possible. Thank you, Houston. Cigna and the Texans proudly stand with you. All Cigna products and services are provided exclusively by or through operating subsidiaries of Cigna Corporation, including Cigna Health and Life Insurance Company or its affiliates. It happens a lot at Whataburger. You take your first bite and suddenly you have a flavor epiphany. When things come together in a flavorful flash of, well, first bite perfection. Melty cheese, crispy bacon, and the smoky heat of hatch green chilies all coming together bite after perfect bite. Good thing there's good thing there's the limited time Hatch Green Chili Bacon Burger and new Hatch Green Chili Bacon Chicken Sandwiches at Whataburger. When it comes to buying a home, look to the experts at TDECU. We're made for this market with quick pre-qualifications so you can make a competitive offer fast. We have unique options for you like no money down or up to 103% financing. TDECU Mortgage is here for you. If you can't find the home that's right for you, build it with a great construction loan. You've got this. TDECU Mortgage. We make home happen. Visit TDECU.org for details. Equal housing lender. Lots more to break down next on Texans Radio. Sometimes in business, the unexpected comes calling. From rent increases to increased orders to, I'm going to say it, unprecedented times. But don't bounce back. Bounce forward with Comcast Business. Bounce forward fast with internet speeds up to a gig. With the flexibility to update your bandwidth in just a few clicks. And with security solutions that help keep your connected devices protected. Be fast, be flexible, be ready for what's next. And bounce forward with Comcast Business. Help your business to bounce forward with this amazing offer. Get a powerful and reliable internet and voice solution from Comcast Business. Starting at $64.90 a month for 12 months with a two-year agreement. Call 1-800-501-6000 or go to ComcastBusiness.com today to find out more. Restrictions apply. New customers only with 35 megabits per second service and one voice line. Early termination fee applies. Equipment, installation, taxes and fees extra and subject to change. Call for details. 
Hey, Texans fans. Get to know EVA Air, one of airline ratings' top 20 COVID-compliant airlines with seven stars for its safety measures. We're a Star Alliance member and fly Boeing 777s with a business class where you can stay connected on in-flight Wi-Fi or relax and stretch out in a flatbed seat. EVA Air is your best choice for business or leisure. Check schedules and special fares at www.evaair.com. That's evaair.com. The fall grill sale is going on now at Texas Star Grill Shop. Upgrade your grilling game with the Traeger Timberline Grill. I did. The Traeger Timberline features advanced technology that makes amazing food with a touch of a button. Let the grill do the work and you take all the credit. Right now, say Texans at checkout for a special deal and they'll assemble and deliver your grill for free in the Houston metro area. For the best grills at the best price, go to Texas Star Grill Shop for Houston locations or visit TexasStarGrillShop.com. The Houston Texans and Schlumberger are proud to present the Houston Texans Stats Challenge, a program that makes learning math fun for sixth graders using the game of football. Over the past six years, more than 800 teachers and 230,000 students across Texas have been impacted by the Stats Challenge. Help your local sixth grade class be the next to join them. Visit HoustonTexans.com for more details and go Texans! The deliciously popular Taste of the Texans presented by Cisco is back on Monday, November 11th at NRG Stadium. Guests will mingle alongside Texan celebrities, sample mouth-watering food selections from Houston's finest restaurants, and so much more. All proceeds will benefit the Houston Food Bank and the Houston Texans Foundation. Secure individual tickets or purchase one of our VIP packages. One of our VIP packages. Here's the snap, four-man rush. Firing downfield and got a man. Rock and roll. Touchdown, Texans. Game day is every day. Yeah, nice ball, nice ball. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. There's a sack. Wow, he's bringing down the quarterback. Now it's Texans All Access. Presented by Metris Firm. Got one hour in the books, one hour left to go right here on Texans All Access on this Wednesday evening. I'm your host. John Harrison's time to go men behind the mics with our good friend Mark Vandermeer caught up with J.B. Long of the L.A. Rams. Mark, take it away. Joining us right now, Texans Radio's J.B. Long, the voice of the L.A. Rams. And J.B., thanks so much for being with us. First of all, before we get into the game on Sunday, anything like that, how's it going with the whole Rams experience? You did games at the Coliseum when they came back. Now you're at SoFi, and there were no fans last year. You got fans this year, and off to a good start. How's that going, my friend? Worth the wait, Mark. Uh, nice to hear from you. I'm sorry that our paths don't cross more frequently, but uh, glad to be coming to Houston where my uh, sister and her husband and nephew reside. It's going to be a good little opportunity for us to connect um, before we get to NRG. Um, but, yeah, I think – we count our blessings in retrospect because, uh, among many other factors, last year was supposed to be the, the SoFi Super Bowl. And with the pandemic year, it, it ended up getting passed to Tampa Bay um, because the stadium construction was behind schedule. And lo and behold, that um, that really worked out in our favor because I think this year's big event uh, is going to be a lot more enjoyable um, and rewarding than uh, the folks in Tampa Bay experience, but I will say the Rams are trying to do what the Bucks did last year, which is win that Super Bowl on their home field. Yeah, I mean, how is the stadium? I mean, what What is it like being in there? I've heard so many great things about it, and how's the construction going on around it? When will all that stuff be totally ready? 
Well, I think it's it's um, it's a good game day experience, even with the peripheral construction going on, and that'll be ongoing, I think, for many, many years. There's parts of it that they haven't even fully uh, committed to what they're going to do with it. So, um, you know, I don't think that's in any way detracting from what's going on inside the stadium, which I think is is really nicely done. I think it'll stand the test of time. I think it's distinctly Los Angeles. Like if you were to drop uh, a sports fan in from another planet, if such a thing exists and, and say kind of, what do you think this structure is all about? I think football in Los Angeles would be a pretty good guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing against some of the other newer stadiums around the league, many of which you visited, but some of them just feel like a generic Madden experience. Uh, I don't get that sense from SoFi Stadium. I think the Infinity screen, our version of the video board at Jerry World in Dallas um, is very nicely done and is additive. It helps you uh, watch the game, but also gives you a second screen experience. Um, I know there's there's still work being done in terms of wayfinding and concessions and parking and egress and all those sorts of things that are just a product of um, this world we're all living in as we try and get back on our feet. J.B. Long, voice of the L.A. Rams with us. Okay, Matthew Stafford, I know you get asked about him a lot, but we have to talk about him, and he's from Texas. Here he comes back to his home state. Uh, We saw what he did with the Lions, and he's been a big subject of debate between our broadcast crew members because he's had an outstanding run with the Lions statistically, but only four winning seasons. Here he is with the Rams, off to a 6-1 and start. The numbers look terrific. We all know he's got the arm talent. Is it the case that he just needed a change of scenery, change of coaching staff, and a talent overhaul to really show what he could do? Yeah, more often than not, Mark, the answer to these types of questions, and they've, like you said, come in all different shapes and sizes over the last year or so, is yes. It's all of the above. And I think a lot of the focus is rightly, because the Rams made a power play for him, what Stafford can do for Los Angeles. But I think equally important is what the Rams have done for Matthew Stafford. Um, He's a unique person in that I think he can elevate the other 10 around him. And ultimately, that's what Jared Goff was unable to do uh, during his handful of years as the Rams QB1. When everything around him in the ecosystem was stable and above average, Jared Goff was terrific. But when things got a little bit muddy, was he able to kind of make the offensive line look better than the sum of their parts? Um, not necessarily. Was he able to threaten defenses and, and, and create some lighter boxes for his running backs? Not necessarily. Stafford can do all of those things. Um, and there's not a lot that he hasn't seen through his now 13 years of NFL experience. And I think he's a great partner for Sean McVay and where he wants to go with this offense. And what, what really drove it home for me, Mark, was seeing Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in the playoffs last year with a close friend of Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, thriving there in Green Bay. And I think he saw up close and personal what his offensive system, which is derived from, you know, Gruden, Shanahan, et cetera, is supposed to look like when you have a truly elite quarterback. And now for the first time, he's got a hand-picked elite quarterback. And the proof has been in the pudding. I, I think the Rams um, can get to where they want to go offensively. Now, special teams and defense, they're not quite there yet and we'll see whether or not that proves to be their Achilles heel. All right, what about the running game? I know uh, Henderson has not played in all of them. Sony Michelle, the former Patriot. Stafford has taken it on the ground a few times, but just for minimal yardage. Tell me about what's going on on the ground with the Rams. 
Yeah, so they've been efficient at times per usual, and they've been at their best playing with the lead in the fourth quarter when they're trying to salt away a game. That's really when they've been able to come downhill and pick up first downs um, to bleed clock. One thing to keep an eye on for this week's game, Mark, is is they lost Johnny Munt, who was their second tight end and was essentially a, a movable fullback type piece for their running game to a season-ending knee injury uh, against the Giants in week six. And their response last week against the Lions was to play almost exclusively 11 personnel with Higby as their lone tight end. And I think that compromised their running game to a great extent. Now, the Lions did some nice things up front. And if they have a strength on that roster, maybe it is their defensive front. So that definitely played a part in it. But as they arrive in Houston, I think there are legitimate questions about how and to what extent the Rams are going to be able to be the efficient running game that they've always been under Sean McVay. It's not a matter of Daryl Henderson in the back. He's got all the tools. But can they get run removal if Andrew Whitworth, their left tackle, is injured? Can they play out of 11 personnel and get four or five yards per carry? That remains to be seen. All right, so Cooper Cup leads the league in receptions, and our general manager, Nick Casario, we have him on every week, and he was raving about Cup. Now, I know he's number one in the league right now. Does he get the due that he deserves? Uh, Nick was really praising him. And I thought that, you know, that clearly when you see him in the highlights, if you watch the Rams enough, you're going to notice him. There's no question. But his name rarely gets brought up when you talk about the top three, four, five receivers in the league consistently. How do you see it, JB? I hope it stays that way, to be honest. I mean, it, it is kind of nuts. And part of it is the Rams have done such a good job through the years of spreading targets out. And they've got another wonderful a player in Robert Woods, who has had some of his best moments against against the Houston Texans, Thanks. of course, the Coliseum a few years back. Uh, but Cooper Cup has taken his game to the next level. I think all the way back to OTAs, um, I was telling our fan base and, and those who follow fantasy football, like treat Cooper Cup like a blue chip stock, like an apple. Uh, just keep buying more and more of it because Stafford's only going to mean great things <laughs> for his statistics and his career. But what I didn't fully appreciate is how much of a vertical threat he can be with someone like Stafford who's willing to push the ball down the field no matter the down and distance. Cooper Cup's supply lines from the slot in the underneath game have definitely reemerged with the, with the top um, shelf threat like Deshaun Jackson and Van Jefferson have proven to be. But he's also running these deep corners and these deep overs and he's basically getting 20, 25-yard handoffs from Matthew Stafford with these three-level vertical stretch plays that they do so well. And his depth of target is at a career high, and I didn't see that coming necessarily. So he's a problem, and he's playing like a number one receiver whether or not he's put in that category. All right, defensively, and I'll have a question about some of the unsung players on the Rams roster in a moment here, but we got to talk about Aaron Donald and John Harris, who does our sideline stuff, and he's our analyst on Texans Radio during the week. He said that when he met Aaron Donald at the Senior Bowl, he was sort of taken aback that he wasn't the you know, he wasn't six seven, three hundred pounds. He is the kind of guy. It's not like he's not an impressive looking athlete, but you get so much more than you see in the physical package. And I think fans would be surprised that he's actually not even the leading sack man on this Rams defense. But he's off to a good start, of course. He, he gets a lot of attention paid to him. Tell us something about him in 2021. 
No, it's interesting. After last week's game, I happened to be uh, down on field level doing some post-game responsibilities. I got back in the elevator, and Aaron Donald and uh, a member of our security team uh, was also on board going up to their car to, to drive home. And the, uh, the lovely lady who was uh, orchestrating it all, uh, running that elevator, looked over at Aaron and started asking him some questions. Oh, are you a player? Are you active? Did you play today? And, I, you know, we're all wearing masks in the elevator, and I can't, I can't hold back my smile, and I kind of catch Aaron's eye and, and give him a wink and a, and a chuckle because, you know, on, obviously he's the greatest defensive player, we think, walking the planet. Um, and, and this woman was understandably oblivious to it all, and God bless her. Um, but he's also, you know, wearing more um, fancy clothing and jewelry. You know, it's probably more valuable than, than our annual salaries put together, Mark. <laughs> but wow. he just kind of blends right in. And to your point about his stature, you wouldn't necessarily look at him and think, oh, my gosh, he's a three-time NFL defensive player of the year. Um, but that's exactly who he is. And to your point about not being the statistical sack leader, for years and years now, other Rams have benefited from the Aaron Donald effect. And whether that's Dante Fowler um, or many others, including Leonard Floyd, who had a career year and continues on with this roster, Sebastian Joseph Day, those in the pass rush and the defensive front around him, um, their job is made so much easier by the double and triple teams that he commands. Uh, so uh, what he does, rushing the passer um, in the running game, I think is unparalleled. And when it was crunch time last week against the Lions, he destroys their left guard, puts a hit on Jared Goff. That leads to an, a Jalen Ramsey game-clinching interception. Um, there's few players I think you would want with a hand in the dirt with a game on the line than Aaron Donald. J.B. Long, voice of the Rams with us. So what about players that aren't getting their due or maybe an aspect of the team that does not get the notoriety it deserves right now through this 6-1 and one start, J.B.? Well, unfortunately, the kicking game right now is notoriously bad, um, so that's something to keep an eye on. Apart, you know, apart from the kickers themselves, the specialists Matt Gay and Johnny Hecker, who have been fine, it's been a real sore spot that for the second year in a row, the Rams are losing possessions and points on special teams. So if there's an area that Texans might be able to exploit on Sunday, it's that. Unsung heroes, I think the offensive line has been terrific. Um, the same five have made each start, although that's in question this week as Andrew Whitworth is battling through a bit of a knee injury suffered against the Lions. Um, you know what will be interesting to watch, too, is the middle linebacker position because surprisingly, I would say shockingly, Kenny Young, who has been there every down off-ball linebacker, was traded to the Denver Broncos just this week for a, you know an exchange of day three 2024 picks essentially a salary dump, if you will. It, it was very much a financial consideration move. And so that leaves, you know, drafted rookie Ernest Jones to step into the middle of what the Rams hope will be a Super Bowl defense. That's a big ask, and this will be um, his first serious opportunity as a starter. So I, those are a couple of things that I would have my eye on in terms of uh, units, personnel groups, and then an individual for week eight in Houston. All right, so a couple of other quick notes here. The Texans just played the Cardinals. They're, unbe they're unbeaten. You've seen them. Rams lost to them. And tell me, to me, it looked like a pretty even game statistically, but turnovers were the difference for the L.A. Rams. Is that how you saw that one, the lone loss on the Rams schedule? Yeah, that was an interesting cocktail of, of so many things. And the first is that the Arizona Cardinals, I think, have – 
really, truly been the best team in all three phases in football, and, and they are rightly unbeaten. Um, Kyler Murray was actually at SoFi Stadium week 17 last season with a chance to put his team in the playoffs, left with an early injury, kind of lingered on the sideline for the better part of three quarters, and then once the game was out of reach, came back in. And a lot of us were looking around being like, is this your franchise quarterback? Not, not to call his toughness into question, but that's the type of move that I think can cost a quarterback his locker room. And then he spends the offseason, Mark, talking about maybe going back and exploring baseball. And some of us were just incredulous that he's going to be the guy to take the Cardinals back to the postseason. And were we ever wrong about that? He has been MVP caliber. J.J. Watt and his addition to the defense, A.J. Green, a veteran presence in that receiving core, it's all come together. Um, but I'll also point out that the Rams were coming off of opening up SoFi Stadium for fans in week one, their first road trip in week two, hosting the defending Super Bowl champion Buccaneers in week three. And I think they were just emotionally and maybe physically exhausted um, by the time the Cardinals came to town. That's not to buy them any excuses. I think Arizona wins that game straight up no matter where it's played. Um, but I don't think it was the best moment for the Rams to be taking on a powerhouse like Arizona. JB, great stuff as always. We appreciate the visit, and I look forward to seeing you in the booth on Sunday. All right, Mark. Thank you as always for the invitation. I think JB Long's one of the better young broadcasters in the NFL. And, of course, you know Mark Vandermeer is number one, numero uno in our hearts. All right, we get back. Let's do a little in the lab with my good friend Drew Doherty. That's next on Texans All Access. Download the Texans mobile app for news, videos, alerts, and more on your Houston Texans. With a playbook full of available premium features and more 2021 IIHS Top Safety Awards than Honda or Nissan brands today. Hyundai is driving victory. Get 0.9% APR for 60 months on the Sonata with new inventory arriving daily. See your local Hyundai dealer, the official car of the Houston Texans. For well-qualified buyers only, offers end 11-121. Call 469-613-0227 for more details. Hey, it's David Johnson from the Houston Texans here with my good friend Toro. If you've watched the Texans game, you may have noticed that us players are big and strong and that playing football requires us to be pretty tough. However, that doesn't mean we haven't had to deal with bullying before. If you or someone you know is being bullied, be yourself, use your voice, leave and look out for others. Join Toro and I as we take the bull out of bullying, presented by NOV. For more information, visit HoustonTexans.com slash bullying. The Houston Texans scratch ticket from the Texas Lottery is your ticket for a chance to win up to $100,000. And it's your opportunity to enter promotional drawings for a chance to win an away game trip on a private plane, VIP season tickets, luxury suite tickets to a home game, and more. So get your Houston Texans scratch ticket today. Houston NFL Holdings LP, all rights reserved. For detailed game odds and information, visit txlottery.org or call 800-375-6886. Must be 18 or older to purchase a ticket or enter a promotional second chance drawing. Play responsibly. Humanity has accomplished a whole lot so far. We created penicillin, the automobile, and the internet. Not to mention drones, duct tape, and the hot dog. It's all thanks to the power of human connections. And Ring Central's here to make that even easier, more seamlessly and securely, on a platform built to grow your business. Say hello to a whole new way to say hello. Visit ringcentral.com and say hello to possibilities. Ring Central. Message, video, phone, together.
Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. More Texans Radio is on the way. At Red Diamond, we know that there's simply nothing better than the perfect sip of fresh brewed iced tea. And we've been working hard to make sure choosing Red Diamond is always easy with only simple ingredients, water, tea leaves, and pure cane sugar, or no sugar. We make sure our tea tastes like, well, tea. Stop by your local cooler and pick up a gallon for a perfect sip today. Red Diamond, perfect's not easy. At HEB, we know that game day is about more than the game itself. The taste of victory is unparalleled, but so is the taste of HEB jalapeno poppers hot off the grill. Seeing the best players in their prime is truly something to behold. So is an HEB Prime One burger that you grilled to perfection. For low prices on all the things that make game day great and delicious, visit HEB, your official game day headquarters, or use the Buy HEB app to order curbside and start prepping for game day right away. Hi, I'm Sharon Mayberry, President and CEO of Mayberry Homes Incorporated. So today we have built over 450 houses and uh, Amity Bank has been responsible for over well over 300 houses. So we're very happy to say that they were a big part of that. We're here to do what's right. We're here to provide affordable housing. And along with Amity Bank, there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to take and do as much as we can. This is my family, this is my business, and this is my bank. Amogee Bank, Zions Bank Corporation, NA member FDIC, official business bank of the Houston Texans. Hey, Houston, Keith here from Papa John's, and guess what? It's that time of year again. It's football season! You know what? Papa John's, we're a proud partner of the Houston Texans, and now this year we have a great deal just for you in celebration. It's called the Big Texans Pizza, and I mean, it's big. It's an extra-large, two-topping pizza for only 12 bucks. That's right, an extra-large, two-topping pizza for only 12 bucks. It's a Big Texans Pizza. Celebrate football season with us, the Texans, and Papa John's. Better greens, better football, Papa John's Pizza. The NFL trade deadline is next Tuesday, and the Texans have assets they could deal. I think the first person they should trade would be Zach Cunningham. How active will Houston be? Because they're bad, I would get what I could get. We'll give you the latest as it happens. Insider access, exclusive content. Sports Radio 610, the Texans play here. Fear of missing out is a real thing. Don't have FOMO when it comes to your favorite team. Comes to your favorite. Te- Follow the Houston Texans on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am John Harris, and I am a big fan, and you'd know this if you saw me, of Freddy's Frozen Custard and steak burgers. Freddy's is all about the good and creating more of it. More drive-through celebrations, more road trips around the block, more family dinners and lunches, more car picnics and desserts, maybe even more second desserts. Now, I don't know which one you fall into, but cheese curds and turtle concrete aren't two desserts, but that's pretty much what I go for. More being together as much as we can with 17 area locations in the Houston area. Freddy's Keeps the good going with a taste 
that brings you back. It's Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers. All right, it's time for a little In the Lab. And like I said, I'm a big fan of Freddy's. I know that Drew Doherty is as well. Let's dive into our In the Lab this week before the matchup with the LA Rams. There were two bright spots, and let's talk about those bright spots now. One was, or two, two not stars, but two notable performers. One, I think, clearly, Jonathan Grenard, two sacks, had a pass deflection. He's making a difference, and he's kind of continuing to do what he's been doing the last, uh, you know, really ever, ever since he came back. He's got six sacks in five games, John. And the yeah. other is Desmond King. His first three punt returns were the three longest punt returns of the season for the Texans. And Andre Roberts was somebody that had an impact on him. Yeah. Andre Roberts has been to a bunch of Pro Bowls, and he's been in the league a long, long time. And he was a good teammate as far as, like, Desmond said he picked a lot up from, from Andre Roberts. And you and, and Mark had a really cool conversation with Desmond King yesterday on Texans radio wrote a little blurb about, you know, what he thought about how he, what, what, how he approaches, you know, fielding punts and all that stuff. Yeah. But let's talk about Desmond King. It, you know, it, it wasn't a big difference maker ultimately when you lose by 26, but boy, he gave the Texans a chance or the offense a chance by moving them forward. He went 17 yards on his third. He had a 20 yarder. He had a 14 yarder. I mean, that's, that's a significant chunk of yardage when you can get the ball where he got it and ultimately they weren't able to capitalize on it but if you're able to get one or two of those per game uh the rest of the way you know maybe it does make a big difference i was very enthused about it you know and you and i dork out about special teams and like coverage (laughs) and hitting yardage and everything yeah that was very refreshing because the the hidden yardage has been at a deficit this year so far and he kind of flipped that and it was it was really cool to see john it was, and it was fourth, interesting. His fourth one, he got driven back, and it was no gain. But yeah. when the, the final ledger, you look at it, four punt returns for a 12.5 average, that's a massive upgrade over what you were getting. No doubt. No doubt. And it was one of those situations, Drew, where, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you the defense was the 85 Bears. I, I won't do that. Right. But I will tell you that the defense, I thought, especially the front, played a really solid ball game they messed with kyler murray they really did they really did and they put two points up on the board uh, with the way that jacob martin played that zone read which was absolutely brilliant i thought the special teams played extremely well now they gave up one return to rondale that gave them i think decent but that was it uh cam johnson's punt set up the safety desmond king's return set them return set them up in really good field position it was just one of those days where the, the Texans offense ran into a jackhammer. And that defense, and, and I watched them throughout pregame. I watched them, and I, I, do that, um, I do that each week. I watch the opposing team warm up to just kind of get a feel, first of all, for roster numbers, like to make sure, like I know most of them, but just like, okay, 29 is such and such, 26 is such and such. So I, I do that. But also, if there are changes in the starting lineup, how are they lining up in pregame? And I realize the Cardinals do <laughs> don't they don't line up the way they're going to start, which is interesting. Um, it was it was kind of I watched it was like, wait a second, they're all over the map here. So that was kind of interesting. But anyway, I felt like the defense they were put on a short field that came up with one touchdown, and they generated safety. So look, if if they would have been in a game in which they had given up twenty four points, 
that's got to be a game that your offense is putting up enough points that in the fourth quarter, it's a ball game. Yeah. And the offense just couldn't do it. Now, some of that was because of, and a good majority of that is because Arizona is as fast and as physical a defense. They're not big, and we couldn't take advantage of that. We could not. We couldn't run the football. We couldn't, we couldn't jackhammer them ourselves. And that, I thought, was the biggest issue. But I don't want to say you won defensively no. against their offense, but you held your own enough that – You had some wins. You just didn't win. Right. You know? you held, like if you compare it to a boxing match, you're probably going into rounds 10, 11, 12. You're probably down – you know, uh, six to four, but you know what, man, if your offense comes together, you can win rounds 10 and 11, make 12 very, very interesting, but your offense just, and then with the way things were going, I mean, it just snowballed. I mean, then on a fourth down, you know, passes a little bit out in front of Brandon cooks. Look, he'll tell you it's a pass. You should catch, but he can't hang on. Nico Collins on a, on a bootleg is open and Davis puts it in the right spot. Nico can't hang on, uh, you know, blocks were, blocks were missed all over the place, which I don't know what category you put that into, but it was just kind of a, a snowball of, of badness that ended up being the, the downfall. But if the offense could, could generate some things, the defensive front played extremely, sure. uh, extremely well. We'll get to John in just a second. But, you know, as, as far as Des goes, it's interesting talking to him. He has just – there are always those guys. You know, I think Amendola is one of those guys. Uh, I think Audrey Roberts early in his career was one of those guys. You just have a sixth sense. They're not the fastest guys in the world, um, but they just have this sixth sense of you know, footballness. They, they can do things like Desmond can look down and see the coverage as the balls in the air, get his eyes back up and find the ball and catch it clean and, and know where to go after that. Uh, people can't do that, but he can. He's just got a lot of football instinct and his football IQ is off the charts. I love having Desmond King here. I, I've, I've told you this, Drew, before. I was a big fan of his at Iowa. Huge, yeah. huge fan of his at Iowa. And when asked what position he played, I said he plays, he plays defense and special teams because you can play him in a lot of different spots. And I think that's really kind of proving true right now. He's playing perimeter corner. That's probably not his best fit. But the way the Texans play their defense, it's probably not the worst fit. It's funny to go back to the returning, though. I've always been fascinated by punt returners and – their approach to what they do. Yeah. You know, his, his explanation was different than say Wes Welker's who I heard back with, you know, Wes Welker, when he was at Texas tech, you know, I was, I was in Lubbock covering the red Raiders after he had left, he was gone. I think a year or two before I got there, but you know, Amendola was there when I was there. And yeah, I remember they had said Wes Welker when he returned punts and nobody had more punt returns for touchdowns in NCAA history than he did. And I think he still might hold the record. If it, I think if you're it, right. If it's been broken, it was broken in the last year too. But anyways, his approach was make the first guy miss. And it's something with like hip strength or, or, or having quick hips or whatever. But it was just like, as long as you can make that first guy miss, you're going to get some yardage and, you know, just yeah. keep, keep plowing forward. So it's, it's always fun hearing how these different guys approach what I think is just a harrowing task. I mean, oh. Having, having a few brutal. few people screaming at you and you're not always looking at them. I, I just think that's, that's frightening. But it is, um, It's scary as all get out yeah. to be back there. I mean, I, I did it. I did it for a game, my junior year, last game of my junior year. And we really just were out of options, but they knew high school I was going to college, high school, college, oh, okay. college. We're playing Columbia in, uh, in New York. And so, well, nobody knows. 
that Columbia special teams unit in New York Dude. in the early nineties, we all, we they've sing they've sung songs about those guys. Listen, I mean, they had a, they had a guy by the name of Des <laughs> Worthman. No, get this in this game. He's from, his name is Des Worthman. He's from Chicago, South side, Chicago. I mean, you talk about a tough SOB in that game against us. He's their starting middle linebacker. He has 16 tackles. Uh, he gave me a concussion on the first punt return. I mean, hit me like I've never been hit in my life. Like, I don't, I don't even remember the hit. He also ran 30 times for 166 yards and two touchdowns and kicked all extra points in that game. It was like Gordy Lockbaum. It was unbelievable. I, I still, to this day, I'm dumbfounded. But it was Columbia Brown, and we, neither one of us were very good. They were 2-7, and seven and we were 0-9 going into the game. So nobody's going to remember it. But I remember that. I, first of all, I remember the hit. I remember – I remember the, the headache he left me with. Oof. He he hit me along with two other guys, and I went blind in an eye for about 10 minutes. Sheesh. And so that's how hard he hit me. And then, by the way, he ran for 160 yards on 30 carries and two touchdowns and had 16 tackles or something like that. He was, it, was un, it was his last game at Columbia, and he, had, he just told the coaches, this is, they'd tried it out a couple weeks prior at the running back thing, and then they just said, yeah, screw it, go with it. And so wow. they did. So he hadn't even played hadn't even played running back that much, huh? No, the last couple of games of the year, they just threw him back there in kind of a you know power jumbo set. And they're I wonder like, what he's right. doing now. Yeah, I don't know. I, Des I, don't, work, I don't know. Workman or Workman? Des Worthman from I'm Chicago. Gonna look, I'm gonna look him Des up. Des Worthman. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Interesting. Um, okay, so I mentioned Grenard. He's a building block, a young building block, and really an enticing one. I think, I mean, he's getting two sacks per game last two weeks. He's getting after the quarterback. And that's something that we haven't seen around here in a while. Like I'm very enthused about what this, I mean, he's, I think he's the brightest of bright spots right now in this this season. That's not going well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you're absolutely right. It's funny. I, we, when we went to green Bay and we all had dinner, I was sitting at a table with our producer, Robert Hensley Mm -hmm. and, we were kind of talking about things and, and Robert had been out to a few training camp practices and, and obviously I'd seen every one of them to that point. And we got in this discussion about pass rush. And of course, when you lose somebody like JJ Watt, you're like, well, where is the pass rush going to come yeah. from? Like, all right, well, we'll see. And I said, Robert, I think this pass rush is going to be better than you think. And I started going through the reasons why. And obviously one of them was John Grenard. And that went back to seeing him coming out of Florida, what he did at Louisville. I just felt like, he had the right combination of size, quickness, hands, twitch, want to, work ethic. He's kind of had everything that you would really want in an edge guy, and he's doing it in a lot of different ways. And you can just see the confidence growing in him. It's, and really, the confidence growing in the three guys in the 2020 draft class. I mean, Drew, how many times have we talked about that? Like, are we going to see something from this 2020 draft class? Because – you know, 2020 was not the year to see it, given everything no. they were kind of up against. But now we're starting to see it in year two. We're seeing six sacks from John Grenard. I know that Ross um, had the, the COVID issue, but before that, he was really coming into his own. And then the other day, you could see that juice again. He forced a holding on a, on a run by James Conner um, that he would have stuffed in the backfield had he not been held. And you're really starting to see him come into his own. And Charlie Heck has started at right tackle. And albeit not perfect, but he's really grown. And I would say if you – said, hey, there are issues on the offensive line, you wouldn't get the Charlie Hex name for a while because there yeah. are issues other places than there are uh, with big number 67. So you're getting out of your second, third, and fourth round picks in 2020 
a whole lot more than anybody anticipated. Throw on top of that, Nico Collins. Yeah, I know he didn't have the greatest game the other day, but, you know, who really did offensively? Uh, you know, from the 2021 draft, you know, Garrett Wallow's doing some good things on special teams. Um, you're seeing Roy Lopez do some really nice things on the defensive line. That's you're another, he, Roy Lopez, con- uh, not to interrupt, but like because no, of the perfect. position he plays, he's not going to get a lot of notoriety because he's just, right. you know, taking up. That's another guy who's a, he's come in and he's absolutely a building yep. block, I think, on that no defensive doubt. front. I no mean, doubt. And he, I mean, he had a tackle for a loss the other day. There's, there are some things, look, he's a rookie. He's learning on the fly, but he's getting a lot of playing time doing it. So it is, it is uh, OTJ on the job training for sure for him, but you're seeing some results from these, these draft, these past two draft classes, which gives you like, Hey, okay. It, they weren't first rounders in some ca- and no second rounders, but you're getting contributions from, yeah. you know, day two guys and day three guys. And that's really what you, what you need to do. And then, you know, if whatever is rumored to happen with, with the trade and you get some first rounders coming back, then those guys hit and you're like, all right, this thing is right where we want it to be. Now, again, it, it takes time. Yes, it certainly takes time. No doubt about that. We will take time next to talk with DP Sidhu, who goes beyond enemy sidelines with Serena Morales of Bally Sports to get more on the L.A. Rams. That's next on Texans All Access. For the most in-depth coverage of your favorite team and players, check out HoustonTexans.com. What do you call a group of friends who spend every Sunday huddled around the TV for hours, wearing horns on their heads and blue and red paint on their faces, jumping with a Miller Lite in one hand and a hot barbecue short rib in the other, while proudly chanting, we are Texans. You call it Miller time in Houston. Here's to the Texans. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Houston Texans fans, score big at Conzone Plus with the best seat in the house. Your house, that is. We're talking the ultimate selection of big screen TVs, crowd-pleasing couches, and game-winning recliners. Upgrade your fan cave and watch the pros like a pro. Plus, with our personalized approach to financing, you can get options nobody else has. So you can get low payments over time, whether you have good credit or you're building it. Ready to score with an official sponsor of the Texans? Make it happen at Conzone Plus. Texans fans, the Texans have teamed up with local favorite Home Smokehouse to make the best-tasting pecan-smoked hot dog around, and it's only available at NRG Stadium. Home Smokehouse, voted number one in taste, was started right here in H-Town over 50 years ago. You can find their slow-smoked true Texas pecan-smoked meats at a grocery store near you. Just one bite and you'll see. There's no taste like Home's. Home Smokehouse, a proud sponsor of the Houston Texans. Saltgrass Steakhouse is the place for a great steak. Why? Because they only serve the best certified Angus beef. A saltgrass steak is unmatched, unrivaled, and unbeatable when it comes to flavor. Each tender steak is seasoned with a perfect blend of seven spices, grilled over an open flame, and topped with seasoned steak butter. Taste the certified Angus beef difference today at Saltgrass Steakhouse. The NFL trade deadline is next Tuesday, and the Texans have assets they could deal. I think the first person they should trade would be Zach Cunningham. How active will Houston be? Because they're bad, I would get what I could get. We'll give you the latest as it happens. 
Insider Access. Exclusive content. Sports Radio 610. The Texans play here. He's in. Touchdown, Houston. This is Texans Radio. Teachers and parents, are you looking for an educational resource to keep your students engaged? The Houston Texans Toro and ConocoPhillips have partnered together to provide Toro's Math Drills. Toro's Math Drills is a free video series that will challenge your students to math topics like fractions, multiplication, division, and place value, all while having fun. Sign up today for free at HoustonTexans.com on the Kids School Program page and run your students through Toro's Math Drills, presented by ConocoPhillips. Go Texans! And we're back with breaking news. The new Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. With an improved taste and zero calories, the new Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan. So make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes. This tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. There's more to the ultimate driving machine than you might think. Multiple forces converging to create something uncontainable. Introducing the ultimate thrill of the bold BMW 4 Series, the ultimate innovation of the iconic 3 Series, and the ultimate peace of mind of the best-in-class 5 Series. BMW, the ultimate driving machine, and so much more. Take advantage of exceptional offers today. Visit HoustonBMWDealers.com for details. Tiff's Treats Warm Cookie Delivery has 14 Houston area locations. Tiff's Treats Cookies are better because they're baked when you order and delivered still warm from the oven. Tiff's Treats Warm Cookies are the perfect gift and are a delicious way to treat yourself. With 11 crave-worthy cookie flavors plus our limited-time treats of the week, there's always a reason to order at cookiedelivery.com. At Tiff's Treats, we don't bake them until you order them. Houston Texans Lux is not just a membership in the most exclusive network in Houston. It's your ticket to the best Texans game day experience available. Hassle-free valet parking, private entry into the stadium, and access on the field after the game is just a taste of what Lux has to offer. Whether you're entertaining current clients, prospects, or employees, there's no shortage of guests asking you for the best view of the game. Learn more about the Lux experience HoustonTexansLux.com TexansLux.com TexansLux.com This is Justin Reed. And this is picked off by Reed. And he's going to score. And you're listening to Texans Radio. We got one final segment this Wednesday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris. And it's time to go behind enemy sidelines with our good friend, D.P. Sidhu. She caught up with Serena Morales of Valley Sports who covers the L.A. Rams. D.P., take it away. It's time for any sidelines presented by Microsoft. My guest this week, Serena Morales. She was the Rams team reporter. She now works with Valley Sports. Serena, always good to have you. How would you gauge the excitement level in Los Angeles from now compared to some of the years where Jared Goff was there? You know, it it gives you like the the when they went to the Super Bowl vibes a little bit. There's like this rejuvenation of hope. Obviously, the last season with Jared Goff, uh, just last season, that game where they lost to the Jets all the air was sort of like let out of the room, like, oh gosh, it's done. They're not going anywhere with this quarterback. And so when you see Matthew Stafford and what he's done and just the crazy connections he's made with Cooper Cup so far, Cooper Cup is like 56 receptions and nine touchdowns, like insane. It's leading the league in a ton of categories. And it's mostly because during the preseason, when I was still with the Rams and covering them, 
I saw this magic between these two like masterminds on offense and, you know, Sean McVay, who's also his own savant when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. I mean, they're all just like foaming from the mouth. Like, Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. So I think it's been cool to see like come to fruition and LA. I mean, I, they're packed. SoFi stadium is packed every freaking Sunday when they're at home. I remember going out there and watching the Rams a few years ago and it was empty. They were still in that old Olympic stadium. Um, and, and so yep. <laughs> they've, they've definitely got their fans up. All right. Let's talk about Matthew Stafford because he just passed 300 career touchdowns and three touchdowns in Sunday's game against the lions. He's put up some of the best numbers of his career right now. So I know the expectations were pretty high for him, but what's been the biggest surprise about him so far this season? Well, look, I think one, he is way more protected than he ever has been. You have Andrew Whitworth, um, Brian Allen, their center. There were a lot of questions, actually, after the Rams lost center Austin Blythe, who went to the Chiefs. Who's going to fill that spot? Austin Corbett, is he going to move in from guard to center? Brian Allen had been with the team for a long time. They didn't really fill, if you notice, like during the draft, the Rams didn't fill a lot of spots uh, on offensive line. And a lot of reporters were like, hey, what happened? I thought you were going to try and protect Matthew Stafford. And I even joke with Matthew Stafford's wife at one point. She's like, oh, I hope they get a couple offensive linemen. But lo and behold, the, the team who felt good about who they had, Brian Allen, such a, used to be a former wrestler. We love those like low, steady sort of guys that are built to just block who's ever coming at their quarterback. And Brian Allen's done a great job doing that. They still have Austin Corbett, um, Andrew Whitworth, such a veteran in the league, could probably play as old as when Tom Brady decides to retire. The two of them are neck and neck. And I think that that, that, that cohesiveness at offensive line has been very helpful. I watched film with uh, Sean McVay and a few uh, beat writers this off season. McVay wanted to show all of the writers like, Hey, this is why I get so excited about Matthew Stafford, his calmness in the pocket, his ability to move when he is about to get sacked is beyond impressive to the human eye. If you watch things in slow motion and he goes through all of his reads and then he goes back and makes the best decision, which is why you've seen more Tyler Higby uh, receptions this season. It's why you're seeing like that balance of Van Jefferson who's popped this season. Robert Woods is certainly making a splash when he can. And you're seeing other targets besides Cooper Cup. Now, obviously he's Matthew Stafford's favorite target, but I think you're getting a lot of different mixes. It depends on the play. But yeah, I think his ability to be just calm under center, his ability to be protected by that offensive line, and his ability to make really smart throws and protect the football, something I think we saw Jared Goff not do so well in seasons prior. All right, 19 touchdowns, only four interceptions. Stafford's obviously having a great season. But being there with Sean McVay, how much has McVay really used that offense to suit Stafford? What, What are the biggest differences that you've seen from last year to this year? Yeah, I I mean, just basically Sean McVay opened up the playbook and was like, oh, let's go to page 52. We haven't gone to that page in a while. Just I think, you know, Sean McVay loves disguising his offenses. Remember, like back when they ran for the Super Bowl was in 2018. He ran that 11 personnel 90 percent of the time. It was Brandon Cooks, who you guys are familiar with, and Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, and they ran all of those wide receivers, but one was blocking and one was running its route and the other one was running as a running back. And he sort of disguised all those plays. Todd Gurley was on the team at the time and it was successful. And then they got figured out. So 
the fact that he is able to, I mean, look, he wasn't able to make these risky plays and take chances on Jared Goff because Jared Goff was still, you know, building up himself. I mean, look, Jared Goff is not a mobile quarterback. We've seen him. Um, I think he actually played really well against his former team just last week in week seven when the Lions came to SoFi Stadium and played the Rams. But he's able to make take chances. He's able to really go deep into that playbook. And that's where you're seeing a bunch of different routes being played. I mean, obviously, you know, there's still just a standard, you know, Rams plays on offense, but when it comes to Matthew Stafford, you'll see this man will really take time to make the the right decision and make the right throw downfield. A lot of their throws are a lot deeper, I think, than years prior with Jared Goff. All right, you mentioned Cooper Cup, and he's the first wide receiver in the Super Bowl era to have over 800 yards receiving and nine touchdowns through the first seven games. So obviously he's quite a favorite target of Matthew Stafford, but other teams know that he's going to get the ball, and yet he still finds a way to get open. I mean, what does he do so well, and how has he really evolved this year with Stafford's addition? He's a book nerd. He stays in that, like the meeting rooms. He is like the Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, like the three of them, they all hung out. If they were back in high school, they would be standing by their lockers and being like, oh man, did you talk about math class? Like how exciting to learn new things in math class. Like that's who he is, Cooper Cup. And then, you know, obviously he is supported in that wide receiver room because you usually don't, we all know this, we cover football. Wide receivers, they want that ball, right? Wait, luckily Cooper Cup is in a room with guys like Robert Woods and Van Jefferson and Deshaun Jackson, who are looking Deshaun Jackson definitely in the past would be like, I want that ball, but he's in a veteran stage of his life. And he's like, look, I'm trying to help out a team. I'm trying to get a ring. So there's a different sort of like wide receiver core that it's perfect for a guy like Cooper Cup, who's very selfless. I mean, that man, you'll see him if he's not getting the ball, he's making blocks. And so I'm really excited to see this wide receiver group that is so selfless be, be, be so successful. And I think like Sean McVay has even said it in the past this season, just, you know, I got to make sure that I get Robert Woods in the mix. I got to make sure Van Jefferson had the first touchdown for the Rams this season. We were, all our eyes were on Cooper cup during the preseason and the magic we saw during training camp. And who was the first receiver to get a touchdown? It was Van Jefferson. Sean McVay knows this stuff. So even though, yes, all eyes are on Cooper Cup, I would watch out for other receivers like the Van Jefferson, Tyler Higby, who's great with his hands, and uh, and Robert Woods. All right, this Rams offense loves to pass the ball, obviously. But uh, the injuries to the running backs have been interesting. Obviously, they lost Cam Akers before the start of the season. And it seems like ever since the departure of Todd Gurley, they haven't really had a three-down back. They've got Sony Michelle on the roster, but do you think that Daryl Henderson is that guy for the Rams as far as the run game is concerned, or is it going to be running back by committee now here for the rest of the year? We would like to see uh, Daryl Henderson, I think, take that more like leadership role. He's been dinged up too. I mean, he had a few, I believe they were broken ribs or he had rib injury uh, earlier this season. I sent him a text. I was like, hey, how are those ribs doing? And he's like, I'll be fine. Don't worry about it. So look, the toughness is there. His ability to like jump in, even when he's dinged up is there. And that's what you want to see. Obviously, Sonny Michelle coming from the Patriots early on in the season, they, they grabbed him, obviously, when Cam Akers went down. Sean McVay loves to tease the press. And he's like, we may see Cam Akers come back this season if they go to the playoffs and make that run. But I think Daryl Henderson has great hands as a running back. He's He's been successful so far. 
it really came down to Cam Akers, who really proved himself last season. Is he was the every down back, and now that Cam Akers is out, I think it's Daryl Henderson or Bus. Like, go get him, Tiger. And I think now that he knows, okay, I've got the time to really flourish. Because remember, Daryl Henderson was un- under Todd Gurley, was under Malcolm Brown for those first few seasons, and so now he's like, oh man, I'm ready to go. And it's not like I've got to keep proving myself, proving myself. Now it's like. I just have to play my game and go and stay healthy. And that's been the main concern for Daryl Henderson is that he keeps getting these little dinged up, you know, injuries here and there. So he's got to stay healthy. Otherwise, yeah, Sony Michelle, you're the next man up. And and by the way, let's not sleep on Jake Funk. I would love to see uh, Adam Maryland, one of the draft later draft picks for the Rams. I'm waiting to for SoFi Stadium to play, we've got the funk when Jake Funk scores a touchdown. But Jake Funk, I I think he's just got like such a good, like he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's gone through his own injuries, but he's another one that maybe we see step up if we don't see Daryl Henderson continuing to do what he's doing on offense. All right, let's talk about that Rams defense because they rank near the top of the league in sacks and in interceptions, 20 sacks, 10 interceptions. But last week, they gave up 415 net yards to the Lions. So is there an Achilles heel to this Rams defense, or was that just a one-time game for them? Look, I give credit to uh, the Lions who, Dan Campbell, his name is now Man Campbell in my eyes because, holy cow, this coach threw the kitchen sink, the fridge, the pans, everything at this game to try and get a win against the Lions. Those special teams plays really, I think, got the Rams off guard a little bit. So, yes, I think they need to be able to stop the run better when needed that's where you see the Aaron Donald step up and I think he put a lot of pressure on Jared Goff uh, against the the Lions just last week Jalen Ramsey never questioned the kid got an interception and took that you know that was a close game against the Rams and Lions I think it gives a lot of teams who only have a win or so some hope like hey we can beat this team but I also think there was a lot of familiarity with that team in general I mean we we look at the Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford, you know, trade there, but the the Detroit Lions also have Nikel Roby Coleman, a cornerback who used to play for the Rams. Kaderil Hodge, who's a wide receiver, used to play for the Rams. Michael Brockers, defensive lineman, used to play for the Rams. Their cornerback, Rams former cornerbacks coach, um, you is now the DB's coach for the Lions. And their GM, Brad Holmes used to be the director of scouting for the Rams. So I just think there's a whole lot of like, we know how the Rams are going to play. They're going to do a couple moves that we're familiar with and we'll be prepared for. So I think it was more that, um, you know, it was interesting. Very recently, they traded uh, Kenny Young linebacker over to the Broncos who needed some depth at linebacker. He joins former Ram Michael Kaiser over there with the Broncos. But there is this talk of when, when Sean McVay was asked about that trade earlier this week, There's a financial stake in that, but also they have a rookie linebacker, Ernest Jones out of South Carolina, who's really expected to step up. I thought he played really well this preseason and during training camp, he splashed. So look, if there's going to be this like, Hey, um, you know, Achilles heel, if you will, maybe, you know, they're looking to see who can, who can break who, but I really don't see any weak spots when it comes to the Rams defense. I think it was more of the outlier that there was so much familiarity with the lions and and Rams from last weekend. Well, they'll face Jalen Ramsey as well. And the last time they faced Jalen Ramsey, he was still with the Jaguars and it might've been his last game as a Jaguar. Uh, That's when the trade talk started. So they'll face him again. They've got a lot of familiarity there. 
Serena, always a pleasure uh, catching up with you. Um, have a great game day, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. You too. All right, that's going to do it for tonight's show. Big thanks to Mark Vandermeer, Nick Casario, to J.B. Long, to Drew Doherty, to D.P. Sidhu, to Serena Morales, to all of you for listening. Thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow. And as always, go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. From the slightest bend to complex motions, your body is made to move. At Houston Methodist Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, our teams are using advanced technology and imaging to develop custom treatment plans, and our minimally invasive procedures can help you heal faster. We have the expertise to keep you moving because every movement matters. Find the care you need at locations throughout Houston. Houston Methodist, leading medicine. Calling all Houston Texans fans. It's time to take it to the house with Ashley Home Store. Enter for a chance to win two tickets to an upcoming Texans home game at NRG Stadium. To enter, simply text TEXANS to 797979 or visit any Houston Ashley Home Store location near you. We have 12 Houston area locations to serve you. Enter today only at Ashley Home Store. This is home. Proud partner of the Houston Texans. Two is better than one. How many times have you heard that one? More than once, I bet, because it just adds up. For example, there are two, not one, great reasons to fill up with Chevron with Tecron. Number one, unbeatable cleaning power. And number two, or maybe this should be number one, unbeatable mileage. Plus, Chevron puts Tecron in every grade, every gallon of their gasoline. So that's two, no wait, three unbeatable reasons to go with the one and only Chevron with Tecron. Care for your car. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Crafted to be savored responsibly. So, what are you sipping? Whether it's our freshly ground coffee to wake you up, or an icy Polar Pop cup or froster to keep you going, our new Sip and Save drink subscription at Circle K will keep you refreshed every day. Join Circle K's Sip and Save and grab any size drink every day for just $5.99 a month. Yeah! Start sipping and saving today. Just sign up with your mobile number when you check out at Circle K. Limited time offer at participating locations. As the preferred eye care provider of the Houston Texans, Houston Eye Associates knows that vision is everything, especially in football. Houston Eye is here to help Texans see better and keep their eyes on the prize. As a Texans fan, you'll win all season long. So visit one of our 28 Houston area locations this season and receive 20% off your optical purchase when you say that you share the Texans' vision. Come and see us today for more details. Houston Eye Associates the preferred eye care provider of the Houston Texans. At Mustang Cat, we understand that the work never ends. As the Caterpillar dealer for Southeast Texas, we deliver the equipment, service, parts, and rentals you need to keep doing the work. For a limited time, Mustang Cat is offering 0% financing with no money down on all compact equipment. Learn more at mustangcat.com or call us at 888-MYCAT-20. Mustang Cat. Building Texas, powering the world. 
Honor the brave men and women who serve our country by registering for the Houston Texans Running of the Bulls 5K Run Walk presented by HEB. Included with your registration, you'll get race day swag, cross the finish line on the field of NRG Stadium, enjoy a post-race party with free pizza and beer, plus so much more. All proceeds from your registration will benefit the USO Houston and Houston Texans Foundation. Register at HoustonTexans.com slash run. The Houston Texans and Amogee Bank have teamed up to present the Small Business Boost. This month's winner is David Alcorta Catering, a local caterer working to make events exceptional. From full-service catering for weddings, graduations, and quinceaneras, David Alcorta does it all. During the pandemic, they worked to provide meals to first responders and supported nonprofits including Vita Living in the Montrose Center. For more info and to nominate your favorite business, visit HoustonTexans.com slash Business Boost. It's the Texans Small Business Boost, presented by Amogee Bank, a division of Zion's Bank Corporation, NA, member FDIC. The annual winner of the Houston Texans Star of Courage Award presented by Apache is Houston Firefighter EMT Christina Calderon. This summer, she remained calm during an ambulance hijack and was able to alert HPD dispatchers to her location, enabling officers to bring the situation to a close without further incident. For her incredible bravery, EMT Calderon received the annual Star of Courage Award and a $10,000 donation in her name to the 100 Club of Houston. Thank you for your incredible service, EMT Calderon. The Houston Texans and Kroger are proud to introduce the inaugural Texans service pup, Kirby. Over the next year, Kirby, the Texans pup, will be trained by a volunteer from America's Vet Dogs to become a service dog in his forever home for a deserving veteran or first responder in need. Follow Kirby's journey to become a service dog, making a positive impact on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Texans Pup. Houston's veteran sports director, Randy McAvoy, and KBRC2 Sports. All over the teams you love. The only station with Sports Sunday. A weekly show featuring an in-depth look at the sports world. Plus, Texans Game Day. A weekly one-on-one with a Texans head coach. And Houston's longest run. And Houston's longest run. And Houston's longest